genre. I think that this episode is going to be a little bit more uh, structured than yesterday was. Our 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 descent into madness, and then and then the very obnoxious cat. Aww. Oh, I know. Vicky uh, was Vicky was being so needy yesterday. I, I think. think so. Um, Just, whoa, moving around a lot today. Neighbors upstairs allowed. Yeah, this is a super talky minute. I wrote out like all the dialogue because it's a lot. We're gonna cross a hundred minutes, uh, really soon, really really soon. It'll be just us, I think. Again, I hope Again. I hope our listeners don't mind. Three weeks of just us alone. It's like uh, if you're tired of us, too bad. We'll have guests again soon, but just impossible recording schedule for a few weeks in a row. It's like there's not really much you can do about it. Yeah, it's, it's just, like a, you know, that's how it goes. Like, life happens, and you know? we still are able to get together enough to do this, but it, it's just not at times that are convenient for, like, us to have guests on. Yeah, no, I get that. It's... I just want so everyone else to understand that, I guess. <laughs> what? I said I just want to be sure that everyone else understands that, I guess. Okay, how do you feel? Are you ready? Should we do this? Sure. 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 It's the only thing she can say in American accent. Sure. Which is such BS, because there's, like, another episode in which, like, she's, like, mocking Americans, and she says more than just, like, Yeah, I know, I know, but that it, was, like, that was, like, know. pretty early. That was, like, it season was. two. Really early, yeah. Sure. Still funny. They <laughs> go to Canada. We, we solemnly swear we're up to no good. good. Welcome back, everybody, to Harry Potter and the Chamber of Minutes, the fan podcast that's overanalyzing the Harry Potter movies one Slytherin common room minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Cope. And today we are talking about minute number 94, which starts with Draco pontificating. Pontificating? <laughs> pontificating. I like that word. And it ends with him cracking a smile. Mm. <laughs> it's like, but... Well, it's... I don't know. It's Draco. It is Draco. He's all, I mean, okay. Why is he really smiling? You know So why. immediately he starts with, like, so he sits, uh, well, it starts with him going, well, sit down. Yeah, because just Because Harry and Ron are just, yeah, I think that they don't know, yeah, they don't know how Crab and Goyle would actually act around they, they, Yeah, it's not like they hang out around them and can the only see time, how they act. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I think the only time they would see them in, is in class, and I don't think that, like... There's a lot of, like, interaction that happens during their classes, maybe. Maybe. But even then, like, I feel like they're, like, outside of Potions class, which I think Draco and Crab and Goyle together are, like, towards the front. I almost picture them as the bad kids that go sit in the back. Yeah, we know that in, <laughs> in um, I think most of the other classes that we have, like, they tend to sit behind our, our heroes. And, and 
it's they're just like in the background in shots and stuff but also like when they're at the comment at the table like when they're at the table in the great hall they can't hear the conversations that are happening but you know we do see them la like laughing together mocking other people sometimes like when ron yeah. got the howler yeah well i can imagine like even if they weren't slithering kids like just kids in general of that age, when you see your friend get <laughs> laughed at, you or well, get yelled at, you're gonna laugh at them. It's not they're not friends. Well, it's even not if you're not friends, getting laughed at because like, I don't think Harry and Hermione laugh at Ron because that's a scary thing that just happened. No, I'd laugh at my friend. I'm like you dummy. Like, <laughs> like you deserve that. <laughs> Maybe I'm a mean friend, but I'm gonna be honest. Like if you're getting yelled at by your parents and it's something you totally deserve, and it's not like like the parent being like uh, yeah overreacting or whatever. No, it's totally hilarious. It's like ah, <laughs> you deserved that. That's funny. Okay, I mean, I guess I understand that. He, uh, so it we start we start. With Draco saying, you'd never know the Weasleys were pure bloods the way they behave. The way they behave? What do you, what do you, what does that mean? I mean, he's talking about Percy, clearly, right? Because they just had the run-in with Percy. Right. But I, I, like, I think this is another learned thing, probably, right? Because, like, we saw earlier in the movie the way that, like, Lucius looks down at Arthur. Right. And so I think... It's a, it's a, a class thing. Yeah. 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 You never know their pure bloods the way they behave. Like, what is that? Like, what was that supposed to mean? There's not like the, 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 the pure blood standards of behavior. Or, uh, or whatever kind of protocol, I guess. I don't... I don't know. Like, you have to be a certain... If you're a pureblood, then you have to be uptight. And like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, stuffed shirt, you know? Yeah, and, and but, like, that's the thing is, like, I'm pretty sure Crab is a pureblood. I think that, like, that's, like, part of his family tree. Uh, he's, they're like, one of the, the, the Great 28, or whatever they're called. And, like... I don't know. I don't think anyone behaves the way Malfoy does, right? And there's, like, plenty of other pureblood families here at school. That's true. Right? There's got... Right. Do you think he ever says, like... You ne... <laughs> Jesus Christ. You'd never know the McMillans are purebloods. Yeah, he's not they talking behave. crap about Ernie McMillan. Yeah. Or, like... You know, there's. I mean, we could do but that the all day. There's time, so many other pure look blood at, Look at look at Ernie McMillan casting dispersions all over Harry. It's just like well, maybe. Well, I think I think er Ernie Ernie in defense of Ernie McMillan. I don't like the name Ernie. Like saying you were here saying Ernie so many times, I'm just like, eh, <laughs> I don't like that name. <laughs> in in defense of Ernie McMillan, he did he did see Harry talk to a snake. And that snake slithered ever closer to his friend and fellow house, uh, like classmate, yeah, Justin true, Finch Fletchley. And then when he told Justin to like hide in the common room because he knows now that Harry, or no, Harry knows now that he's a mudblood, he turned up petrified. Like, of also course, very true. Of course, Ernie is gonna be like concerned, skeptical, casting doubt on Harry. Okay, but. 
this is just straight disparaging. Like, Ron just looks at the Weasleys and is like, ugh. It's like, oh, I can tell by looking at you. Well, and again, I think it's just, I think that goes back to, like, you, you were saying, like, a class thing. I don't think it's about pure blood versus, no, it's, like, it's a, half it's a, blood. It's, it's more about, like, thing. the arist- the aristocrat. Ver- I always do it that way. I always want to say, like, the aristocracy. And then I start, and then I realize I want to say, like, aristocrat. But those are both said very differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the aristocrat and, like, the bureaucrat, right? Or the right. aristocracy and the bureaucracy. The, like, the, like, you know government employee versus the just rich Malfoy Manor fam. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. They're an embarrassment to the wizarding world. All of them. And then Crabron's knuckles crack. Crabron. Crabron. His knuckles crack and uh he and I think doesn't he say like what's wrong with you, Crab? And Harry like well like, Harry Goyle like, like shoulders him, elbows him, like jostles like him in the, a little yeah, bit. In the ribs. And yeah. and and then Crabron goes, stomachache. He doesn't say it in that voice, but but yeah, yeah. stomachache. Stomachache. Because he's still trying to do that fake like deep accent, even though like Harry doesn't disguise his voice at all. No, it just sounds like Harry. Ron Ron tries to at least be deeper. Harry's just Harry. Harry's just Harry. He doesn't care. You and you would think. Like, that would be a voice that Draco would recognize. Like, he would hear that and be like, why do you sound like Potter? <laughs> like, you know? Like, it's like, I don't know. I'm trying my Harry Potter impression. Right? So. <laughs> uh, and then he, he continues. Draco continues. You know, I'm surprised the Daily Prophet hasn't run a report on all these attacks. I suppose Dumbledore's trying to hush it all up. Father always said Dumbledore... I wrote Dumbles. So I almost read it as Dumbles. Father always said that Dumbles was the worst thing that ever happened to this place. Do you, okay, so before even we even get into, like, Harry's response here and, like, that the weirdness between f- fake Crab and Goyle right now is the, like... You know, I'm surprised the Daily Prophet hasn't run a report on all these attacks. And he's right. He's very right, actually. <laughs> But like he has to be the one to like actually say it. Before Goblet of Fire, we don't ever see like re- a reporter for the Daily Prophet. Where does the Daily Prophet get their news? Like they must have journalists and like like they're a legitimate news business. Like I I, I don't ever really think about the man on the ground kind of thing for the Daily Prophet. We see, you know, um. Why am I spacing on her name? Rita Skeeter, later, Goblet of Fire and beyond that. Mm-hmm. But like, someone wrote the article about the flying car at the beginning of the year. That's true. Someone, yeah, someone did. And, uh, someone should be writing up the article about what's going on at Hogwarts. <laughs> is the, Dumbledore the, the, the hushing? Like, how is is Dumbledore hushing it all up? And how is he doing that? Hush money. Do. The parents of the petrified students know what happened to their kids. Now that gets a little touchy because it depends on how... This is a lot about Dumbledore as a person because the mindset could tell you like, well, since we have a way to unpetrify them and they're not staying like this permanently, let's not tell them because they're they're going to come home. Hurt them. We'll just talk to the kids. Hey, you sign this waiver 
<laughs> like, you're not to mention to your parents, and we're just gonna, we're just gonna let you slide on well, a lot of contraband around the school. <laughs> we, my uh, impression of this is that he's. I would assume that these parents know. And, and and I think because he's Dumbledore, right? Like I so always, the parent, you, you always the have to think about the fact that like, enough that they won't say anything. This is Albus. Yeah. He he defeated Grindelwald. You know who. He he uh Well not you know who, but you know, Grindelwald and he, he he's the one that's like that you know who's afraid of and you know he's he's the, like, Hogwarts he's, is the safest place mm-hmm, in the magical world. Mm-hmm. Like there's no place safer. Yeah, but if that's Reassures the case, them they'll be okay. I'd be like, okay, he's supposed to be the safest place, but my kids still got hurt there. I'm like, and, and we're going to fix... Yeah, he also, like, do you think, is there any way that he's, like, reassuring them? Like, beyond the, like, you know, she's already working on the Mandrakes, like, we'll be able to produce this potion to get them, like, back. Back to normal. It'll be fine. But is there, within that, a, like, here's what we're doing to make sure it doesn't keep happening? Right. Because, like, we said a couple weeks ago... Dumbledore doesn't seem to be taking any action. I don't get the impression that he has a plan for, like, how he's going to, how this is going to, like, resolve. Mm-hmm. Or, like, how to stop it from continually happening. Like, it doesn't look, from our perspective, like he's doing anything. Right. Maybe he does have some plan and he tells the parents. Maybe it's bullshit. <laughs> and he's, and it's just like, well, Harry will figure it out. Oh, jeez. Gotta learn somehow. At the ripe old age of 12? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that that's, like, important. Because when Dumbledore gets removed from office in this movie, it kind of feels warranted. Maybe we'll talk about that when we get there. That's a few weeks still. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. He's, he's trying to, is he trying, but like, is he trying to, like, I think, I think there's a difference between talking to the parents and letting them in on like what happened to their kids versus like the idea that like, oh, Dumbledore's trying to hush it all up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does the outside world, like beyond their parents Mm -hmm. and like the school board, I guess, know what's going on? I mean, the Daily Prophet doesn't report on it, so my answer would be probably no. They have no idea that Hogwarts has a Chamber of Secrets or a problem with a monster that's petrifying kids. Yeah. (laughs) Which you would think would be hot news. Does... But... But... By extension, what does the common person know about the last time the Chamber of Secrets was opened 50 years ago? Hermione has read, like, all these books. She, like, probably knows Hogwarts of History front and back and and doesn't know what the chamber is. True. So, maybe texts don't talk about what the chamber is or, like, even hints that what is the chamber of secrets? I mean, it wouldn't be any good if it wasn't a secret. But even as, like, a, like, a, mm, even as, like, apocryphal, you would think that that would be something that would be included in a book about the school. Because the story goes that Salazar Slytherin himself built the chamber right. a thousand years ago. Like, yeah. that's a story that people talk about. It would be like a urban legend. Yeah, like a I myth, think it would be in that thing. sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, Hermione doesn't even know that. So, 
And also, I don't know how old Hogwarts history the book is. Right. If it was written before the 50-year-ago incident, then I would understand it not being in there. But, like, Draco's death... Like, Lucius knows what happened 50 years ago. Right. But I don't think he was at the school then. That I don't think he's that old. age-wise, no. no I'm pretty sure he was there in, like, the 70s. Because he's older than the Potters. He's older than the Potters, and... He's older than Severus, but is he he's closer to like Molly younger and than, Arthur? He's younger than Molly and Arthur. He's younger than Molly and by Arthur. like a few years. Yeah, I think that I but think like, when, when, he when I young did enough the, within like the time where they could have still gone to the same school, they would have been there at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think Arthur was like a fifth year when Lucius showed up. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, I, I went and made out a whole like yearbook thing for my notebook uh, for the weekend edition to consult and. I'm pretty sure that was something that happened where there's like a little bit of overlap with them, which makes sense for like the fact that Arthur is older and had this like snotty Lucius Malfoy show up and start like, act like I'm sure he was just like Draco is now just like higher, high, uh, high and mighty holier than thou, kind of thing. Right. And breeds that tension even more. But, but, but Lucius knows about the chamber and that happened, you know, even a decade before Molly and Arthur started at the school. True. Two, two. Two. Probably. Like we've got like several generations of, of uh, of wizard that's gone through the school since then. So I don't know. I don't know how much he knows. But I mean, I guess we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get back. We'll get back to this. So <laughs> Harry says when when he says. When when Draco says that Dumbledore is the worst thing that's ever happened to this place, Harry goes, "You're wrong." And then Draco like sits up, and then he stands up, and he looks down at Crab and and Goyle, and it's really fascinating to me the this look into what their dynamic of their relationship is like because even though Crab and Goyle are like the goons and they're they're so much bigger than Draco. Draco stand like takes that power stance, looking down at them. Even though he's so tiny, I know. I think it's interesting that, um, I think it's interesting that Draco. Is it a like short guy syndrome? The chip on his shoulder, gotta. I don't know. You have to like show think, you're the boss. You know, I think I think it's just more of that class thing. Mm. He's a Malfoy. He's a Malfoy. How dare you? Yeah. What? <laughs> you think someone here... You think there's someone worse than Dumbledore? <laughs> and I... <laughs> I love Goyle's... Harry Goyle's <laughs> face. It's it's like... Where he's like really in thought. Like he has his head down a little bit. And it's like... He, he, his <laughs> eyes kind of downcast. And, light, and a light bulb goes up. And like, it like... <gasps> uh, like, he doesn't know what to say. Like, he doesn't, you know, he's not trying to challenge Draco here. Um, and then Harry, uh, Harry Goyle brightens. He looks up. You totally, like, just, just the light bulb. That, yeah, a- yeah. It literally has, like, a light bulb moment. And he goes, <gasps> well, he doesn't gasp. Harry Potter? He just kind of looks up, like, with his big eyes. Like, like he thought, like, he, like, he got it. Like, oh, I, I, I know. Mm-hmm. Hey, Harry Potter? And it's funny because, like, this whole time, while this interaction between Goyle and and Draco is going on, uh, 
Crabron is sitting there just like, like, you think there's someone worse than Dumbledore? And he just shakes his head no. And then, and then <laughs> Harry says, Harry Potter? And he just like shakes his head yes. It's, it's so cute. I love it. I think the kids that are playing Crab and Goyle are really, really great. I'm going to just keep saying that this week until we don't get them anymore. But they're just like soft boys. I know. They're like, they don't seem to have... Well, it's because again, it's, the it's, thing, it's Harry, it's and, Harry Ron. and Ron. Right? But, but, you know, yeah, these kids are really good at being Harry and Ron. Well, or like, th that's the thing is they don't have to like fully embrace the persona of Harry and Ron because they're Harry and Ron pretending to be Crab and Goyle. Right. So they're like this weird middle space that I like. The, the, the only other time I can think of, like, I just, Polyjuice Potion scenes are always my favorite. Uh, Deathly Hallows is so good because you get the bit with Hermione, um, pretending to be Bellatrix Lestrange. So it's Helena Bonham Carter pretending to be, to be Hermione, Hermione Granger, Granger pretending to be herself. Be yeah. Uh, and then later which in is that... really, again, which is still it's done so, really well. so, good. Yeah. Uh, I like that scene. like, this is, since we're going to talk about this in years, apparently uh, Helena Bonham Carter asked Emma Watson to, like, perform the scene the way she would perform the scene. Like, you pretend that you're Hermione... Uh, as Bellatrix. Yeah. And, like, I want to see your performance of it so that I can emulate you pretending to emulate me. And so oh there's, gosh. like, layers and layers and layers yeah. of, like, this back and forth of, like, I'm pretending to be... I'm emulating her, pretending be to be Hermione, Hermione pretending to, to be, be Bellatrix. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just... It's, it's like so... It's so good. It's and then layers. the whole bit in the Ministry of Magic. In Deathly Hallows, I also really, really love. Yeah. Um, just three random, like, wizards. Just people that we don't, we barely know their names of. Uh, I mean, I think we know their names, but they won't come up until then. Uh, pretending to be Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And just, like, I think the, the fact that these characters maintain their voices. Polyjuice Potion doesn't change your vocal cords, apparently, even though it changes, like your physical, the rest of your physical body. Right, which is weird to me. You would think... Like, it, it extends would. to, like, losing limbs and eyeballs. Then why does it change, like, your your voice? I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. But oh well. And I think that's, I think that's more... I think that's more for the benefit of us watching the movie, right? Like, it immensely helps us. Like, I think having their voices means that... Or makes it so much more convincing... Like, it's easy for us, the viewer, to see this person as the character they really are because they still sound like themselves. Right. Right. So I think that, like, I think that helps, like, immensely. So people aren't... I mean, it is still for a somewhat younger audience. Mm-hmm. So then it helps them, like, that's the thing is, like, if we follow. were letting these actors... If we let these two soft boys be, like, do the... Deliver these lines... Mm. I don't think they would deliver these lines the way that Harry and Ron would deliver these lines. Right. Uh, Rupert and, and, and Daniel, because um, just different line readings, right? So, like, then the problem is, like, can you not only, like, 
I, I think it, it demands another level of like impersonation, right? If if you're taking on the affectation of the voice on top of that, like I think mm-hmm. like picking up the mannerisms of a character that's not your character and adding to that. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess it, if you had someone who had the talent to do it, like it could be really amazing. But I don't ever sit here and say like, oh, like these guys don't seem like I. I don't ever feel like these actors, these polyjuice actors, right? <laughs> I guess Pol- in like Polyjuice every, actors because it, in in every, in every circumstance, right here and in Deathly Hallows, I don't think that. No, I have a problem. Oh no! Oh my god! Oh no! Freaking Mad Eye Moody. Doesn't sound like Barty Crouch Jr. No, it doesn't. He sounds like Mad Eye. That is right. And, and then when Mad Eye like shows really up, when real, when real Mad Eye shows up, mm-hmm. he sounds exactly the same as Barty Crouch Jr. did. Yeah. So maybe there's like another level of something. Maybe there's a uh, maybe advanced polyjuice potion. I was literally going to say that Hermione just doesn't know the like missing ingredient. Yeah, yeah. For for changing the voice. She's like, I can only change the way you look. No, I don't know if she even realizes. Right. Her potion only changes the way you look. It doesn't give you a voice. Or the, the voice. I, I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not here to solve that problem right now. <laughs> Harry, Harry Potter? Harry Potter? And then, and then Draco, like, like, considers it. He, like, looks at him. And then he kind of looks up. And he kind of smirks a little bit. And then we cut. And I'm so sad that we cut what we do. <laughs> because I really want the line delivery that's about to happen. But this beat at the end here, this like four seconds, that's, it's, <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. He like, he like looks up from Draco a little, or from, from Goyle a little bit. He like tilts his chin. And then we cut back to Harry who like swallows, like nervously, like, did I, did I, did I, did I, it's did, did like, I do good? Like Draco's a bomb that's about to go off. Did, 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 did I defuse the situation? Uh-huh. And then we cut back to Draco and he kind of like, he does this little half smile, like on, like his lip pulls up, like he smirks. Mm. And it's just, oh, it's so satisfying. And we'll talk about his, uh, his reply tomorrow, but. If, if young, if this, if this, uh, if this age Tom Felton was able to do a great American accent or hell, make a, in an English version, uh, he reminds me a lot of Richie Rich. Oh my god. You're right. The, yeah. bl- the blonde kid who's like, I can do whatever of I course. want. It's like, he's so Richie Rich. Yeah, absolutely. He has a dog that has like money symbols on it. <laughs> oh, it's so the magic. Great. It's a magic trick. No. That makes the dog look like it has money symbols for spots. <laughs> Perfect. Yep. All right, thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Harry Potter in the Chamber of Minutes. Uh, you can find us on DuelingGenre.com along with a bunch of other shows. You should also go find us on uh, on Twitter at HP Minute and uh, tweet at us. Give us a reason to be on that because I, I use the Facebook group page every single day, like, all the time. I feel like I have conversations with people, and it, I don't know, it's, it's so nice, but, like, I'm just not good at Twitter. We don't have a lot of people that, like, tweet at us or interact with us on Twitter. I don't know how to, like, drive that. Do that? Yeah. So, yeah. If you want to talk to us there, you should uh, tweet at us at HP Minute. And come back tomorrow as we wrap up the week of Minute 95. Mischief, Mischief managed. managed. 94.